0: Big news for everybody's favorite protein bar company. Built Bar is now the official sponsor of the Olympic U.S. track and field team. If you haven't had a Built Bar yet, you are truly missing out. And that's because Built Bar knows that flavor comes first. Did you know that Built Bar has nine really yummy flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? You have coconut, coconut almond, uh, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. Um, literally, there is something for everybody. Say you don't you know know which favorite flavor you have, then get a mix box. Try two of each of the nine flavors, and then you can buy them as you want them. Built Bars. They're not just the best-tasting protein bar out there. They're healthy as well. I know. I'm going to throw this in. They have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. You can't beat that at BuiltBar.com. Built.com. Built.com. Use the promo code beck 15 and and save 15% off your first order. That's built.com. Promo code Beck 15 last friday in the third hour of this broadcast i talked to dr robert malone and we only had about 25 minutes uh together and we didn't get a chance to really talk about uh anything uh of real significance when it came to the covid 19 vaccine we did we talked about the risks there's some new news on that uh today but what i really wanted to hear from him after the risks that we ran out of time was the silencing of people like him And and this system that just seems to want to destroy Anyone that disagrees with the media Or the administration or CDC I don't even know who is pulling the string here Dr. Robert Malone is the inventor Of the mRNA vaccine technology That we're now giving people as the vaccine He's the guy who invented the entire technology. He says there are some things that you should be aware of. He's not obviously anti-vaccine. He's just saying you should know these things and he's been shut down for saying them. We have him on in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Sometimes in life, you have to learn things the hard way. You've got to stay out late the night before a big test or you know you have to pee on the electric fence you know can't possibly be as bad as everybody says yeah yeah you know you don't have to learn the hard way the fact that you really 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 need a good real estate agent if you are selling your house i was talking to a friend of mine uh just the other day and he said uh that he had uh just sold his house and his his response to me i said how'd that go and he said Um, you know, maybe I shouldn't have hired a family member. Uh, yeah. And that's what everybody does it. Everybody's like, oh, you know what? Cousin Bobby, he has, he's gotten into real estate. Don't do it. Don't do it. Get a good real estate agent who really knows what they're doing. This is your biggest investment. It's like, you know, I guess I shouldn't, I I shouldn't have had that, you know, uh, cousin snotty. Uh, invest all my money. Uh, apparently, he didn't really know what he was doing with with investing in the stock market. Yeah, don't throw your money away. It's a huge investment. Get a great real estate agent. We'll help you find one as a free service to you at realestateagentsitrust.com dot com. The name says it all. trust dot com. Go with a pro. Real Estate Agents I Trust. Doctor Robert malone i could go on and on and on about all of the things that he has done let's just say "Mm, expert uh is is really underselling this man he is the inventor of the mrna vaccine technology dr robert malone uh joins us again and i want to get into uh, the censorship, but there's a couple of new stories that are out today. The FDA has added a warning to COVID-19 MNR, NRA vaccines uh, or RNA vaccines. Um, can you tell me about this? They're talking about enlargement of the heart. Welcome, doctor.
1: Thanks, Glenn, and thanks for having me back and uh, for the opportunity to talk with you in, in your audience. Sure. I'm really grateful for that. So, thank you. Um what what's been buried in the data and I think we might have touched on this the other day. We we have a body of safety data that are coming into the CDC and coming into other databases, safety databases in other governments. And frankly, the the analysis of that has been lagging quite a bit. So things that we had signals about months ago. Now we're finally being verified and the whole kind of cascade of how the government reacts has been triggered. As you know, the CDC came out with the ACIP meeting and uh, acknowledged that there is a problem with uh, cardiotoxicity, so toxicity of the heart, in uh, young people, children, adolescents. And uh, that has now triggered... Uh, finally, the FDA to acknowledge that. This is with the RNA vaccines that are genetic. That comes on top of the prior reports and acknowledgement that the adenovirus-vectored vaccines, related technology, both based on gene therapy, were causing blood clots. I suspect that you're going to have a similar announcement sometime from FDA and CDC about the risks associated with blood clotting with the RNA vaccines. What I find really fascinating about this is that I got fact checked by Thomson Reuters and by PolitiFact. Um, And the FDA put out a press announcement that there was no evidence of clinical toxicity associated with these mRNA vaccines. At the time they did it, I knew that that was not true because I have the connections within the FDA. And it's, there's, there is a, somewhat of a satisfaction that perhaps it's a little twisted to have the FDA finally <laughs> fessing up that, in fact, I was right. Um, I don't take pleasure in that, uh, absolutely. But my core point, and thank you for letting me put it out, is that the government isn't being fully transparent with us regarding the risks. I'm not saying that it shouldn't <laughs> take vaccine or it doesn't save lives. I'm saying that... I. I These are currently experimental and the government owes us to be transparent about the risks
0: over. I want to I want to repeat or have you repeat what you said on Friday, because I thought it was I think this is really important. You're the guy who invented this technology. So you're clearly not anti vaccine and you're not even anti this vaccine. What you're saying is. You know, hey, the little blue pill can cause, uh, you know, something to go on for three hours. And, uh, you know, if that happens to you, you should go see the hospital. Um, We know that because all of the things, you know, you can die of a heart attack. You can die of this and die of that. And they sound scary as hell on the commercials. But that, those are low risk for a few people. And you should know that it could happen. That's all you're asking for. You're not saying don't take the vaccine. You're saying we should just have some transparency so we know what possible effects are happening.
1: Thank you. And thanks for saying that. We can dive a little deeper underneath that if if you have time. But uh, absolutely, it's actually federal law. These remain experimental vaccines, whatever spin you may hear from the media, they're not yet licensed, and therefore, all of us that are taking it fall under what's called the common rule that's coded in federal law that goes all the way back to the Helsinki Accords, etc., the fundamental bedrock of bioethics. And that requires that people, those, those rules that are in federal law, require mm-hmm. that there be transparency about risks, that those risks have to be understood by anybody that's going to take an experimental product, and that that taking of an experimental product like this vaccine, accepting vaccine, has to be entirely voluntary. It can't be coerced. They can't incentivize you. These are 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 breaking federal law and fundamental principles of bioethics.
0: So you said a minute ago you take a little satisfaction, and um, you know back in 20 I don't know 11 2000, 2010 maybe. Um, I was beating the drum that everybody was missing that a caliphate was coming. And that's what was really going on in Syria and, and with the Arab Spring, that a caliphate uh. wanted to be formed, and it was coming. And I got mocked and ridiculed and you name it from all sides. And when the caliphate came, sadly, I took a little satisfaction of being right, but I didn't want to be right. But the problem was... Um, that I really didn't have any satisfaction because no one admitted that they were wrong before, and so nothing was learned. They just went on. Amen. And that's kind of what Amen. I think is happening with you, right?
1: <laughs> Dead on. And and Glenn, please, uh, for your audience, this is not my first outbreak. I've been doing this my whole life, uh, starting with AIDS. I was very involved in the Ebola what's now the Merck vaccine development in Zika, et cetera. This, okay. For me, being at the tip of the spear is kind of what I do. I'm a little bit of an outbreak junkie. even. Um, I, I work uh, a lot supporting the DOD and biodefense and have ever since the anthrax attacks. I, I, I get this space. I know how things go wrong. What is a little bit surprising to me and many of my peers that are insiders like this is we just don't seem to be learning we, as a system, as a country, um, as a public health service, as, as, and the WHO. I've spoken at the WHO multiple times, been there many times. I know what makes that place tick, good, bad, and ugly. But um, we just don't seem to be learning the lessons each time. We repeat
0: them again and again. So why? Why is this? What's changed I I don't know.
1: One of the things that's different, there are some things that my colleagues and I talk about with this outbreak uh, and we're perplexed about that are very different. One of them is the censorship. That's, that's quite different. Um, And we, the, the censorship extends all the way down into the academic literature. It's wicked hard to, for instance, publish anything that has to do with drug repurposing. So just to to get on a thread that your listenership probably is familiar with, <clears throat> in the ivermectin story, uh, and I don't, I, I I I'm of the opinion that ivermectin appears to have prophylactic and therapeutic activity, but it's not a silver bullet. So I'm not one of the uh, swallowed the Kool Aid crowd on ivermectin, but right. uh, mm-hmm. there's no question in my mind that this argument that All of these ivermectin studies haven't been peer-reviewed and published, therefore they have no value. Uh, That's spurious. That is not a valid argument because for whatever reason, it has become wicked hard to to get through peer review and publish anything involving a repurposed drug. And as Brett Weinstein put out in that Dark Horse podcast that's just gone crazy viral (coughs) towards the end, if you listen to him, uh there's some sort of emergent phenomena going here that is is hard it's hard to wrap your arms around and his his comment was this whole systemic breakdown doesn't necessarily require some central conspiracy where everybody got together at you know the white house or whatever and and mm-hmm. and cooked the books for everybody it's it's a series of of compromises and arrangements we've made And one of them that I find particularly shocking is this Trusted News Initiative. I'm sure it was set up in the best of intentions, but it has become uh, Orwellian in the extreme.
0: As I read it
1: and I experience it, I can't believe it.
0: Let me stop for, uh, let me stop for 60 seconds and then I want to get into, into that because there's also new news, uh, on that front that I'm not sure if you're even aware of, uh, yet. You probably are, but most people have not heard the trusted news initiative. This is like PolitiFact and, uh, Reuters has the trusted news initiative where they fact check. Um, wait until you hear the, the story if you haven't heard any of it and the update on it. It is, it's orwellian absolutely orwellian uh, we'll get to that in 60 seconds first let me tell you about lifelock um you know there are some things that you just you know it's it's not going to better your life by living them you know it's like i've learned a great lesson when i when i lost my legs to gangrene now i use some antibiotics okay you well know, that's great you probably didn't have to live through that to get it one of those things i think is cybercrime it when it happens if if somebody steals your identity or you're a victim of cybercrime which is becoming more and more prevalent um y- y- your life is just destroyed it takes you forever to get your good name back and to get all of that stuff off of your credit history that's the 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 hard part well is it actually actually detecting in time, that somebody is trying to use your information and following all of the loose ends that are out there and the new things that are coming your way every day, that's probably the hard thing. And that's that's why uh, nobody can protect all of your information. But LifeLock, I think, is the best in the business. And they've got decades of doing it. Uh, and if you look uh, at LifeLock, it, they'll not only alert you, Hey, somebody's uh, trying to steal your identity or, you know, your your identity has been posted on the dark web. They actually help you fix it. If something does go wrong, they have a dedicated restoration specialist to help you clean that mess up. And that's for you. That's the hard part for them. Finding that, you know, tracking down everything to make sure that you're secure. That's the hard part for them. They solve both of them. I want you to join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BACK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BACK for 25% off. Do it now. 10 seconds, station ID. So explain what is going on. First, let me give you the new news. I don't know if you have heard this yet. Co- Congressman Thomas Massey um, uh, f- has, has just revealed Facebook's so-called third party fact checker factcheck.org, is funded by the Robert Wood Johnson foundation. And they have $2 billion of stock in Johnson and Johnson and So factcheck.org doesn't want to do anything that's going to hurt their funding, as they have $2 billion in stock from Johnson & Johnson that helps fund them. Uh, That seems like maybe uh, a problem when they're (laughs) fact-checking on Johnson & Johnson products. Am I wrong?
1: (laughs) uh it, it this is another one of those looks like a duck it walks like a duck and it quacks like yeah a duck. uh i would call that right. journalistic conflict of interest and this uh this business about uh the ceo of uh reuters uh sitting on the board of pfizer is another one um and so yeah. i'm i i just pulled that up this morning uh, thanks to my wife pulled it out and uh posted it on twitter And I'm getting blasted with people saying, of course, this is a conflict of interest. And it explains why Reuters is running all these hit pieces against J&J and AstraZeneca. That the capture here that Mm. has happened, this fusion between mainstream media and pharmaceutical industry blows my mind. I mean, we already have this fusion between the pharmaceutical industry and Congress. uh, And we have the regulatory capture of the FDA and like I said, a lot of us, you know, my peers, uh, you know, so called experts, right? Those of us that do this for a living have just been scratching our heads going, what is going on with all this censorship? And I don't want to go down the, you know, 4chan
0: QAnon world, but good for you you. good for you you're way out on the edge on that one (laughs) i'm with you i'm with you
1: they're they're proud of this stuff they're they're touting that and and here's the origin of this it's bizarre trusted news initiative it was set up initially to counter disinformation political disinformation and uh a year ago they decided well, let's now that we've got all ourselves together, let's turn it on censoring any information that we determine to be disinformation relating to COVID and COVID vaccines. So they have no, no qualms about censoring me, um, censoring other scientists, censoring patients. You know, the, the 200,000 patients that had a, a, a group on Facebook sharing their stories about their own adverse events, Facebook just kills that, you know, drops them off, deletes it. Uh this is the this is you know, I I read nineteen eighty four as a school kid and and then it was science fiction. Mm. This is pretty mm. overt.
0: Have you have you read nineteen eighty four lately?
1: No. Um I, I got it drilled you, into the honestly, in fourth grade or something. <laughs>
0: Uh, So same with me. And I thought I remembered it all. You should read it. It is astounding how accurate it is today. I mean, astounding. Like I I read, I reread it about about a year ago and it was crazy.
1: That, that was Orwell's response to what he saw in fascist authoritarianism. Okay. That, that was, that was what he was writing from was a warning to the future saying this, this can happen. I'll tell you the people that, that I run into now, because I, this Brett Weinstein podcast went viral globally, I'm getting a lot of traffic from Europeans and uh, they're really alarmed. These are people that are very sensitive to what happened in Europe in the 1940s, Uh, intellectuals Mm -hmm. that think deep thoughts about this stuff. And you know, they, the, the term slippery slope is often used. We're there. This this is not okay. We've got organizations that are cross linked between mainstream media and uh, and the pharmaceutical industry and uh, public health organizations that uh, seem to feel that it's okay to substitute opinion for fact.
0: All interact okay, doctor. The new hang COVID on. Deaths. Hang on just a second, because I want to pick it up right there on what's really going on with the news media and the the nexus between these corporations and uh, and government and the things that you have experienced uh, as well. Back in just a second. This
1: is the Glenn Beck program.
0: Molly's a listener of ours uh, of ours here in Idaho. I'm broadcasting from my uh, ranch in Idaho and she writes about her dog Darby. She got Rough Greens for Darby. She said, I want to let you know how much I appreciate this product. Our dog Darby, a very large 11-year-old German Shepherd, is doing much better since we have been supplementing her diet with Rough Greens. Her skin issues have cleared up. She seems perkier and less lethargic. She is also on joint supplements, but her joints actually seem to bother her a lot less since she started taking Rough Greens. Thank you for letting me know about this product. Molly, I have a German Shepherd, too. He is 9 i know i mean that's getting up there for a german shepherd we've lost ours we've been lucky enough to be able to have our old german shepherds um pass on us about 12 and 13 i can't tell you how much uno is the same uh as darby just a massive difference he does not look like a nine-year-old german shepherd he is young and vibrant and it's from rough greens rough greens get a bag just to try out it's free just pay for shipping try it out see if your dog likes it as much as mine roughgreens.com slash beck also see if your dog likes blaze tv.com the promo code is Glen. your dog will save 10 bucks off the subscription to blaze tv We're talking to uh, Dr. Robert Malone, a guy who the press has done an awful lot of work to destroy his credibility. They call him an anti vaxxer. He's clearly not an anti vaxxer. He is the inventor of the mRNA vaccine technology. Whatever you hear about him, know this he is not saying don't take the vaccine. His problem is the system something's wrong with the system and he's questioning why don't we know some of the fu- side effects now the easy answer that the government might give you is uh, well we just can't tell people the truth about all these side effects because it'll stop them from taking it well y- drug companies the government everybody has a responsibility to tell people, hey, you know what? We're going to dig a hole here. Why don't you uh, why don't you sit in this hole while we uh, let this uh, nuclear weapon uh, blow over your head? Um, well, are there any side? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That, that's wrong. You don't experiment on people. That's Nazi Germany kind of stuff. And uh, Dr. Malone is here just to talk about really the side effects that are possible uh, but he still even says that the options that are on the market now for us are, quote, extraordinary. So he's not an anti-vaxxer. Um, doctor, when I'm w- w- when I'm looking at things and you said, you know, the Europeans are very concerned because this they, they've witnessed this before. Fascism really is when the governments merge uh, and make private uh, public partnerships with these giant corporations and control the media Um, this is happening and i don't know why it's so hard to believe when every big businessman i've seen on cnn for decades has said china really is the new model well that's what china has it's a fascistic system. I mean, it's communist, but they're merging between the companies and running them and telling them what to do, et cetera, et cetera, is where we're headed. Is, is that what you think is going on? Or do you think that's nonsense? Oh, it's not
1: nonsense. I don't know. You know, all I can say is the little slice of reality that I experience directly So I like to say, I don't know much. I just know the things that I encounter and I'm always glad to change my mind with better information. But in this case, there's something going on here that isn't right. Now, to your point about the Europeans, I had a podcast with a Russian woman in the UK. Uh, She's a Russian immigrant. She was glad to get out of that old system. And she told me that the Russian community in the UK, as this was really starting to kick in, uh, as a group, they printed out copies of the Nuremberg Code and took it to U.K. legislators and said, look, guys, these are the rules. We've lived through it. We've experienced what happens when, when governments uh, feel it's okay to, to break these rules, and we want to put you on notice that this is not okay. This is not legal. So folks, folks that have been through this, live through Uh, it have direct experience are are throwing up warning signals and your comments about fascism there's a lot of discussion about what fascism really is but i think you're hitting on the core i had a a a senior academic historian talk to me for quite a long time he's also a journalist from belgium and what he said was that he spent a lot of time looking into what happened in germany and uh he noted Mm -hmm. that it actually it, the Socialist Party, what we call the Nazis, were perceived as the leftist party at the time they came to power. It doesn't have to be left or right. You're exactly Correct. right. It's this fusion, fusion of business and authoritarianism that, that mm-hmm. is at the root of this. And I, all I can say is these are the data. This is what I'm experiencing, and it's not right. And we're, we're crossing lines here, left and right in this mad rush for vaccination. And Glenn, let me say another thing. This whole push to get to 70% vaccine uptake is all based on the idea that that will give us herd immunity. How many of you have heard that? Herd immunity, we've got to Mm -hmm. hit 70% uptake, okay? There are no data to calculate the effectiveness of these vaccines to reach herd immunity. That is an arbitrary number that someone, and we can speculate who, pulled out of a dark place. There is no basis for making any calculation to say that 50% uptake or 70% uptake or 20% uptake is the target necessary to reach herd immunity because we, herd immunity is about the ability of the virus, the vaccines to prevent transmission from person to person. These vaccines don't cause what we call sterilizing immunity, meaning there's still virus replication if you get infected, even if you've had vaccine and you still shed virus and you still potentially can transmit it. Mm. We don't know how efficiently. That means that all this talk about getting to 70 percent, somebody's just pulling out of, of, of a hat. It's not data based. And that's what the other thing I argue. We have to stop this fake it till you make it that's been going on from the top since the beginning of this thing. It's got to stop. We have to get to the place where we're making evidence-based decisions on medicine and people's lives.
0: Doctor, I don't know when the last time you read um, uh, President Eisenhower's farewell uh, speech. Everybody knows the part where he said, (laughs) you've read it apparently, the you know everybody knows about the uh, the uh, the in, the military industrial complex but in right. that he also talks about science uh being funded by the government um science getting in bed with the corporations and the universities and the government and i i look at that speech and say that is because we didn't stand guard like he warned us to um this is this is the fruit of that
1: what what a brilliant man and a patriot who really understood the way things work in retrospect yeah he's, he's a giant he um, is so to he your is. point one of the things that your re- your listeners may not be aware of is this obscure thing called the by dole act and what the by act does is it codifies in federal law that if inventions are made by people in academia or in industry, um, and those are patented, a bunch of the money that comes from selling those patents by the university or by the government goes back to those people. So we now have an even kind of deeper connection that's going on here where we have folks that are making decisions about public policy that are having money flow back to them personally or to their employees and certainly their organization, for instance, the NIH. The NIH receives mm-hmm. money and the employees of the NIH receive money from the sales of Moderna vaccine. That's, that's just oh the gosh. way things are. It's how we built the system. The same with Penn and the patents that they hold on these technologies. So this, this, I used to think this was a good thing when I was an academic, you know, hey, I get an extra buck every Christmas. But there's something deeper here. It links when it gets to the point where the people making the decisions, calling the shots for all of us, have financial stakes in that. That's that's different, in my opinion.
0: One last question, then I, I've got two uh, two real quick, um, and we've only got about three minutes left. So, um, as I look at this situation. This thing is causing scientists, doctors to lose credibility. Drug companies Get are getting fired. a really evil taint. Um, the government and the media becomes big brother. I can't find outside of money and power and collusion. I can't find who wins in this because it's I- it, it's distancing from the average person.
1: I, I'm with you, and the big loser is going to be the entire – here's – as a vaccinologist, here's what I'm going to say It really pisses me off, is that what, what is going to happen? I, I put out a post talking about what's going to happen to public trust if it turns out that ivermectin is effective and safe and the vaccines have safety risks that have been hidden from us. Mm-hmm. It's going to blow open the whole – it's going to compromise the entire vaccine enterprise – and it's going to compromise everybody's trust in the public health. Everybody. And yep. and that yep. you know that is a pretty big sacrifice because somebody at NIH has has, has a belief that we need universal vaccination. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you where it's really going to hit is aggravated mothers and students that are being forced to get vaccinated to go back to university right now. That that Those people don't have any risk. Those young people, their risk of COVID is almost zero. And yet they're being forced to mm. take vaccines that are experimental. This is clearly not okay. This is not right. And I think that those that are pushing these things are going to face a political blowback next fall, and they're going to regret this, and they better think twice about it.
0: Let me uh, ask you, if just I need short answers on both of these. Um, should we be worried i mean i'm i the scientists and the government and everything that's going on they have hurt their credibility with me personally so much that when i hear about a new strain i kind of roll my eyes even though i know how this works and i know new strains can be you know dangerous usually they get weaker if i'm not mistaken um but you know, I, I, I know that could be a problem, and I don't want to get to a place to where, you know, an Ebola that I've never heard of, it comes out and I roll my eyes because, oh, here we go again. Should we be concerned about the strains that are coming, or is this more hype?
1: Okay, I'm going to say something that's that's out on the edge, uh, and the data are just coming in. Uh, the Delta variant I don't think is trivial I haven't seen these assertions that it's a risk for children. That sounds like scare tactics because I haven't seen those data. There are data in the UK suggesting that if you have had vaccine, um, you have a lower risk of disease being put in the hospital with Delta, but a paradoxically higher risk of death compared to unvaccinated. Now, those don't get excited. Those are early preliminary data. But mm-hmm. the point is that we need to be data-based, evidence-based, and yeah. get away from what some public health op- official believes is the right thing to say, because that's the way they've been winging it all the way through, and you know who I'm talking about.
0: Um, one last thing. You say that the options available right now in vaccines are extraordinary, but a new Novavax vaccine is even better you say that's the one how far away are we from that
1: I'm not saying it's better in terms of efficacy what I'm saying is for those of you who are hesitant to take the genetic vaccines um, you should there is another option that's coming up that should be available this summer that is much more of a traditional vaccine it's been developed by Novavax Gates has funded Novavax big time so has the government so it's not like everything is independent but but for those that right. are hesitant, I think Novavax, and, and you don't want the genetic vaccine strategy, Novavax offers you a very reasonable alternative.
0: Okay. Um, may, I, may I ask to have you on one more time? Because I want to go into my pleasure how pleasure. the… And,
1: and I right. got to tell you, I'm, I just learned you're broadcasting from your ranch. I'm broadcasting from my 50-acre horse farm in the foothills of Shenandoah
0: so uh oh wow um, beautiful shout out to you beautiful well i'll (laughs) send you a cow if you send me a horse um (laughs) uh doctor thank you so much we will uh we'll be in touch because i i want to have one more conversation with you uh, about the genetic stuff that is going on and that you kind of invented this technology um and i you know there's a lot of stuff out there uh, that we're screwing around with and i'd really like to get your opinion on that so one more time, uh, we'll, we'll, book you. Um, uh, thank you so much for your honesty. I appreciate it. Blinds.com, sunshine and backyard cookouts are back in the forecast, and blinds.com wants you to soak up the savings. You can, you can, uh, save a Just a buttload of money during their 4th of July Spectacular. You can save up to 45% off everything. It's time to transform that backyard into the perfect oasis this summer. No better way to do it than with their top-selling outdoor shades. Blinds.com makes uh, getting made-to-order custom blinds for any room in your home or for outdoor space a breeze. Whether you do it yourself or you have them handle the installation from start to finish, you are going to save a buttload of money and have a 1%. 100% 100% guaranteed perfect fit. It's blinds.com blinds.com Get, grab their 4th of July spectacular receive up to 45% off everything at blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply. You are listening to the Glenn Beck program. And nah, nah, is sick, twisted freak. Uh, we're glad you're uh, joining us today. Uh, I, I just, I like this doctor a lot, Dr. Robert Malone. We've had on, we had him on Friday and then again today, hopefully we'll have him on again tomorrow. Um, soon as we can check with his schedule, but uh, you know what I like about him is he speaks like scientists used to speak how I think they're supposed to speak. He's like, I don't know the answer to this. None of us really do. I think we should all just be honest about what we know and don't know and not have a horse in the race. Um and we're not getting that. Everyone, for instance, I have no idea if this guy loves Donald Trump or hates Donald Trump. But I shouldn't care about that because it shouldn't affect him at all on what he's saying. Too many scientists and too many doctors and everybody else they're all affected by I hate him or I loved him. He's operating from the place of science. What does the president have to do with any of this? What do politics have to do with any of this? I'm supposed to figure out if it's good for us or bad for us. And if things are bad, I'm there to try to fix it. Uh, I just I just love him. Uh, Dr. Robert Malone is, I think an important voice in the, in the scientific community.